You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to RB1, colon, a fantasy football podcast brought to you by FakeTeams.com. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined, as always, by John Barnett and Clark Barnes. What's up, guys? Hey, Pete. It's a wonderful day again, right? Excellent. It sounds like it's always a wonderful day out there in Wisconsin for you. I have a good time. So, I mean, once the Packers lose sometime in this season. Then we'll then we'll we'll talk then again. It will be a tragic no. a tragic podcast. Well, well you know you're going to lose a couple of bad games early, and then Aaron Rodgers is going to be all cool, and then dominate his way to the playoffs. It's kind of a script at this point. Well, yeah, especially when he only throws 13 preseason passes. So he'll say some new slogan that you guys can can carry around instead of relax. It'll be calm down. We got to sell bumper stickers. There Someone's going to make a mess of money on these t-shirts. So just be prepared. And it will be us. It can be us this year. The RB1 podcast is going to start bringing you Aaron Rodgers Maybe. slogan t-shirts. I'm in. <laughs> I've got a screen printing background. So Perfect. I know, I know how to do it. This is <laughs> this is the future of the podcast. Last last week it was uh, TV, and now it's just going to be clothing. We're becoming right. a, an all-purposeful media outlet. I like this. This is This is the way to go. Let's mogul. Let's do it. Let's let's do this. Um, so we got we got a lot on our docket today. Obviously, we'll chitty chat about the news, um, and then we're going to be playing the world's greatest game. Would you rather? Um, as well as, and then maybe doing some DFS chitty chat, and maybe doing a little bit of Thursday night predictions. Since guys, I know we're a couple minutes into this fantasy football podcast, and we have yet to fully express our excitement and the fact that football is here finally it is on the doorstep i am trying not to scream into the microphone so as not to turn off all of our listeners but i am stoked it is it is happening um finally 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 after four weeks of treachery and and the preseason we all know how we feel about that so let's jump jump right into the news um the biggest thing on the docket is the Miami Dolphins and Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, which uh, has been delayed. Uh, they were supposed to play, obviously, this weekend, but uh, due to another uh, drastic, catastrophic hurricane rolling through the continental U.S. Uh, down in um, Florida, I believe it's Hurricane Irma. 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 There you go. The game, both teams had a week 11 bye, and so the NFL has decided uh, in their infinite wisdom to just move that game to that bye. Um, so firstly, I do want to say, uh, obviously to everyone down in Florida, stay safe. I know one of our writers, Matthias is living down there. Um, so hoping for everyone to be safe, uh, and for minimal damage to be caused, even though this thing looks like it's going to be pretty, pretty big. Um, but on a football side, uh, you now, if you have any of the players from Miami or Tampa Bay, you're uh, constantly going to have to quickly readjust your lineup. So uh, to you guys, do you guys happen to have any of those guys on your in any of your leagues? Um, yeah, I, I've got the I've got Devontae Parker and uh, Jacquez Rogers that I drafted and was totally counting on starting. So a little inconvenient start to week one for me. But uh, but you'll personally. Really, yeah, I mean, I'll get through it. I feel like if the people of Florida can get through it, I'll I'll find a way to get through it. Who's your? Uh, are you? Was you? Were you planning to have Devontae Parker having a starting spot this week? I only yeah. I only ask because I'm wondering who you're thinking of replacing him with. Yeah, I'm in a league where we have to start three wide receivers, and you can only have four on your roster. So he oh was, God. yeah, he was one of my guys. And uh, as as John runs us through who he'll be missing, I'll, I'll look that up real quick. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Excellent. 
have liked to have had Mike Evans. He was always gone by the time I was picking. Other than that, um, really, the guys that I had on Tampa Bay that were on some of my teams are IDP players. Uh, I think I had Grimes in one league. IDP would, requires a cornerback. Uh, that's what it, I have Doug Martin stashed away in two or three leagues. And all that means is, you know, it pushes back how long his suspension is going to go. Right. So now, yeah, instead of Doug Martin, who was originally, he was serving a four game suspension. So was going to come back against the Giants is now everything gets bumped one week more there. So now he's going to be coming back against the Patriots in week five. Yeah. I just, yeah, that's not going to help me. But I mean, I planned on him being third, being a third. I guess the only hope you have for Martin in that game is that the Patriots said, well, yeah, we're going to take away your passing game, run all you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to take away something. You just hope maybe he's the second option. But, yeah, he's yeah. a solid stash, though. Uh, we'll be rolling out Corey Davis to replace uh, yes! Devontae Parker. So, Oh, I love me some Corey Davis. Yeah, I'm on the uh, Sigmund Bloom hype train with Corey Davis. I'm, I'm, all, I'm in. I, I had to watch him go against the Badgers, and he very clearly pushed off in the end zone on a play. So I, I didn't want him at this point. So no hard feelings. He's dead though. to you. He's dead to you. He's very interesting. Uh, I like him as a player. I just want to see how they're going to use him first. I just that's fair. Who knows? Rookie receivers, and they got a bunch of guys. They went out and got Decker, and so that was. They, I'm hoping it's they've got a bunch of old guys. I'm just really hoping that they're going to let the rookie play, but we'll see. I I just wrote an article looking at. Um, kind of the top waiver wire options that I was saying you people should pick up uh, who've been, who are owned under 50% and under 50% of Yahoo leagues uh, for week one. And I was writing about my boy, Corey Davis, and was saying that the Titans have gone on record saying that they, they're not holding him to a snap count, but they're going to use him in limited areas. And my, and to me that, that reads as like, get him in 20 yards from the end zone and just start ripping passes at him until he catches it and give him a first career, (laughs) which I'll happily take. Yeah, we're not going to hold him to a snap count. We're just going to limit the number of snaps that he's available for. I'm not a lawyer, but, but that sounds like a snap count to me. John, can we get you to... <laughs> Yeah, this is the magic of words, everybody. Um, I, I do want to point out that the implicit question in here is whether or not I drafted somebody knowing that Jake Cutler would be throwing him the ball. And I did not. I did not do that to myself. <laughs> oh, I love smoking Jay. He's going to carry me to a championship as the Dolphins go five and 11. I'm, I got all kinds of faith in all the faith in him. Uh, So, yeah. So if anyone has, yeah, the big names, Jay Ajayi, Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry, my boy, Jay Cutler, obviously John's boy as well. uh, My bigger boy, Jameis, Mike Evans, Sean Jackson, Cameron Brait, et cetera. All those guys, uh, make sure you're going and readjusting your lineup. Uh, before Sunday comes and you're stuck with uh, zero points coming from them. Yeah, and do not tune out. We may address that quarterback situation later in the pod. Now that is a tease, uh, but we won't tell you where in the podcast it is, so you can't skip ahead to that that spot. You're going to have to sit through and and wade through all the jibber-jabber beforehand. Uh, Moving on in the news, we had maybe a uh, a conclusion, not a conclusion, maybe some sort of update in the Ezekiel Elliott case. Um, my understanding, having read nothing except for Ian Rappaport's tweets, uh, <laughs> is that <laughs> Zeke, Zeke is playing Sunday and could get a restraining order to stay on the field the entire season, uh, but then could not get it and would miss weeks two to seven. So with that being said, I'm going to bounce this over to our resident lawyer, uh, who's going to give us all of the insight we need? Okay, so basically, the 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 opinion needed to come down Monday, in order this the the appeal to the NFL needed to come down by Monday in order for him to have been suspended for this week, because they took too long to get out their written explanation and decision from the arbitrator. Uh, he's allowed to play this week, so that's an NFL rule regarding the arbitration itself. He's, so he's lost. There's a six-game suspension on that, and it's all part of the collective bargaining. It's it's all in there. I wrote something on this a week ago. It's all part of I forget which paragraph of the CBA it is, but I, I did read through the CBA. And the other important part of this is the Brady decision, which was a published decision by the Second Circuit uh, Court of Appeals, uh, United States Federal Circuit. He has agreed to be bound by the laws of New York, the state of New York, which is in the Second Circuit, which is why there's the Second Circuit there. So. So the Brady decision directly dealt with the CBA, dealt with the arbitration, dealt with all of these things, and the 
uh, rules that the commissioner has and everything there and his powers. So it, it has a direct bearing on it. And the important thing to remember is that the case, if you take your arbitration to court, which you always, almost always are allowed to do, um, if you take it to court, put, as they say, put themselves in the, uh, in the shoes of the arbitrator. They cannot say, this is what I would have done had I been arbitrating this case. All they can say is, did the arbitrator follow the rules? And the rules in this case actually specifically say that the arbitrator decides what evidence comes in. The arbitrator can, you know, makes the decisions based on what is within the interest of the NFL in terms of people's faith in the NFL, in terms of people's faith in professional football is what it says. So domestic violence is obviously something that hurts the NFL. If they made a determination that he had something to do with this, um, the case does not get to be litigated at the next level. Uh, Tom Brady's case specifically brought up that there were individuals who should have testified but were not called during his uh, appeal and his arbitration. And the Second Circuit Court of Appeals said, yeah, that doesn't matter because the arbitrator decides what evidence comes in and what doesn't. And they can make the decision based on whatever. The only way you can win is first that you have to show that the arbitrator was just not within the bounds of the his his own authority, first off, and then also that it did not obey the the language of the contract the contract can be read as a contract so if, if the commissioner has the power to say on his own there's a domestic violence incident and this falls under the issues of football the commissioner can do this and the arbitrator can find it you may hate it but it's almost certain that he can't win what he could do though is file and say that he wants what we call it, like a restraining order it's called an injunction. A restraining order is a type of injunction saying that you cannot suspend him during this time because he's going to the courts. You have to show first off that there is that he is going to be harmed by this, which of course he would be, because he's going to miss game checks. So that one's an easy one. The next part, though, is you have to show that there is some sort of substantial uh, chance of winning a trial. And that one might be hard considering that there is now an actual written uh, appellate decision at this point on essentially the same sorts of things, not domestic, obviously in, in Tom Brady's case, that one was related to the rules uh, within, you know, within the, the rectangle of football. So this one's a little different. Uh, you can't say for certain that he's not going to get an injunction or that he would get an injunction, but the argument's going to center around whether or not he actually has a chance of winning. Uh, and that's what that would be. And so if there is an injunction granted, the NFL cannot impose its penalty until the courts have made a decision. And that's what happened with Tom Brady as well in his case. So. And so, is that why the NFL or the, the Players Association or Dallas or whoever filed filed the conspiracy theory charge? Is that to give some kind of credence or to make some kind of difference between the Tom Brady case and the Ezekiel Elliott case? Or is that just kind of trying to try this through the media sort of fodder? Well, it's going to almost certainly be trying to try it through the media. What they wouldn't want to do, there, there's a part of me that feels that they understand they can't not going to win on the appeal before the courts what happened with tom brady they're going to trot out their evidence they're going to try it in the courts they're going to go out there they're going to leak documents they're going to do all those things and try to say like well even if he is suspended we want to make sure everyone believes he didn't do it or that isn't involved and i'm not making a decision at this point on my own of what what happened but i mean that's a valid way of going forward because there's there's the harm he's going to get from losing these game checks, but there's the harm to his own reputation, which will affect his ability to be an earner in other fields. So there's no reason why he shouldn't do it at this point. And, you know, if it's possible if they can just get a, one of the judges in the second circuit to go up there and say, yeah, I mean, it was not a unanimous appeal on, on Brady, but it was, it seemed like what I thought was exactly how it should have played out. Generally speaking, in terms of purely the legal aspects of that case, rather than, commissioner himself should have done just how it should have ended after he made that decision so we'll see how it goes Thanks. play this week though you know there that you, much. yeah there you go everyone that is the most in-depth look at the ezekiel elliott case you will get and you can only yeah. get it here i don't want to hear it go on any longer because it can <laughs> <laughs> and now that you've heard the intelligent breakdown of it for the meathead analysis go get ezekiel elliott mm. he's gonna play go get him yep Excellent. There you go. 
There's Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott for you in, in a nutshell. Uh, quickly, before we get into the greatest game ever to graze the podcast world, some injury news. We all know Tyra Taylor has been cleared through the concussion protocol, so he will be playing week one against the uh, New York Jets. Um, so the Thai God hype train is alive and well. And Andrew Luck is out, so don't touch anyone on the Colts. Uh, even though I'm 100% certain, and I don't think it's actually going to happen because they've already announced that Scott Tolzien is going to be starting. I was certain that Jacoby Brissett, after getting traded to the Colts, was going to lead the Colts to a week one victory uh, over the Rams. But alas, that is uh, not going to happen after uh, the Colts traded for Jacoby Brissett and sent Philip Dorsett out to New England. Any kind of uh, fantasy advice, topics, quick bullet points that you guys want to draw from that whole dump of information? Not particularly. I didn't think Brissett was going to be in there this week, but he's he's the backup. They need somebody else behind him if, if Luck's not going to be there. And some of the word is that he may not be there for a while. And when they trade to make sure they have a guy backing up the backup, you start thinking about that too. Um, Dorsett doesn't excite me. Even in the Patriots scheme, he's more of a, a straight line guy, which isn't exactly what they do. So no, he's going to be. I'm not interested be, in either of them, really. He's going to be their punt returner. I mean, that, they traded him to sure up their special teams. They made multiple trades on cut day just to sure up their special teams. Um, so I think that's that's the only. Well, if there, there there's no fantasy value from from special teams. I do love my boy Scotty Tolzien, UW. You do. on Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> in case in case you just are listening to this podcast right now, John is from Wisconsin, oh. <laughs> went to Wisconsin, <laughs> loves Wisconsin. So that, so there you go. Now you're all ca- now you're all caught up. Big 10 champ Scotty Tolzien. <laughs> yeah, I think the big takeaway for the Colts is that you are already comfortable playing the other team's offensive players against the Colts and that makes you feel even better. Yes. So if you're worried about Sammy Watkins, you got him in the fifth and you're thinking about flexing him, or you were kind of worried about Todd Gurley, man, this just makes you feel so much better about doing that. And if you're streaming defenses, take a look at week two and week three, because you might get some really cheap, easy pickups to uh, help you through this first few weeks as we sort out who's going to be good at defense this year. 100%, 100% agree with that. I'm all about the streaming defensive strategy and the Colts seem to be a prime candidate uh, for streaming against them because they are not going to be great. Spoiler alert. That was the quick, well, I shouldn't say the quickest, but we had a good in-depth news <laughs> session, but we were we were poignant with everything else. Boom, boom, boom. And then Hold on, I'm going nice to pump the brakes on here and slow down this news segment. One thing, Damn so it. I'm on, I know, sorry. I'm on, I'm on Rotoviz right now. And there are three consecutive blurbs about all of the three frustrating, confusing running backs on the Seattle Seahawks. We've got Carol says, Lacey ready for full load, if needed. <laughs> Seahawks declare Procise groin 100%, which is thankfully for Mrs. Procise. Groin? Yeah. It's 100% a groin. Right. Breaking news. And then Thomas Rawls rehabbing for my ankle sprain, also named a starter. So, good luck. <laughs> Just to add some clarity to that position. In case you had no idea what was going on, now it is confirmed. You have no idea what's going on. There's a movie called Good Luck about a Seattle Seahawks receiver or something like that. It's awful. So, so there you go. Just, just throwing that out there. If you if you have the time, <laughs> you are so lost at the Seattle Seahawks backfield and you just don't know what to do. Go sit down, watch Good Luck, and at least hopefully that'll bring some sort of like calm to your uh, to your overwhelming conscious. Yeah, I think that's available on the Russian Netflix, right? Perfect. What is and it? That, and that is our week sponsor, Russian Netflix. Come on down. <laughs> now that we're past, now that we're there, we are the real time. The real show has begun, you guys, because it is time to introduce the greatest game that you will ever see in the podcast world. It's time for Would You Rather! Everyone, everyone, welcome, welcome, welcome to uh, Would You Rather. I am your host, Peter Rogers. Simple. Would you rather is a simple game uh, in which we give two or sometimes three scenarios and uh, we pick our favorite outcomes. It's a game meant to challenge your mind, 
and your heart. Uh, this week, we'll be molding the game around starts and sits since it's week one. No one really knows what's going on. So we figured, you know, we would just play the game to give a little bit of insight as to who we're kind of thinking might have a good week one, who might have a bad week one, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I'll start us off to give the first one as an example to kind of set the template. So I propose this would you rather to you, Clark and John. Would you rather start Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins, or T.Y. Hilton? discuss i immediately drop uh, robinson off this list because i just i don't i keep watching videos i just can't see them actually getting the ball he's wide open too and it drives me nuts um yeah i'm kind of torn on this one a little bit i put the arrow on ty at this point because i think they're going to have to throw and i think he can still get open and, and scotty tolzine is not an nfl starter but he's also not a dumpster fire and I don't know. DeAndre Hopkins is, is fantastic, wonderful. I don't know the Savage, though, in terms of what he's going to be doing. I think he looked better as, as it went on, but I think T.Y. is going to be more likely in a position where he's going to get more of the targets and more of the plays. So I'm picking T.Y. on mine. Yeah, that was my that was my number two. I think it's a good choice. Uh, I think Robinson is the obvious fade, even though he is incredibly talented, and i you know, love him in the most platonic way possible. Uh, I would go with Hopkins here. Uh, last year, Savage played uh, two games <laughs> because he's going to get hurt. So we're going to get to see Deshaun Watson early, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, he threw the ball 36 times against the Jags and targeted DeAndre Hopkins 17 times. Now, he only got eight catches for 87 yards and, and no touchdowns. But I think uh, I think Tom Savage is a good backup quarterback in the league, and he seems to understand that he's not especially great. So the way to look good is to throw it to the best player on my team. And so I'm confident that he's going to do that. Uh, you know, Hilton got some targets uh, from Tolzien last year, and Robinson always gets targets, and we've seen how Robinson handles lots of targets from Blake Bortles after his breakout year. So I really like Hopkins here. I think it's feasible that you could actually have a couple of these guys on your team. So if you do have to sit one, I agree with John. You got to sit Robinson here just to see how it's going to turn out at least week one with Hopkins. I feel like you're going to get volume, even though it's going to be a, a potential 13 to 10 game where both teams lean on the defense. You know Hopkins is going to get the volume if anybody gets the volume. Uh, so I'd, I'd go with him as my start. I also... Gave a little bit to Hilton just for, for the fact that I wanted Pete's reaction there. And and I feel like he's been pumping me for weeks now about Hopkins. And I just want to I feel like sure that's an HR issue. Overhead fake teams. Needed Careful. To, uh, needed to balance it back out. Yeah, well, obviously I picked DeAndre because uh, I've already spoken at length uh, for my love for him. I My only worry with T.Y. is just how much of his production is correlated to playing with Andrew Luck. And you can see it last year. If I was really good at my job, I would be able to bring up all the stats right now and give you the splits and the cross comparison. But naturally, uh, I am not getting paid enough to be able to be that good. Uh, So, but I will say that there is there. He was not as stellar and fantastic without Andrew Luck. Uh, Barnes, give me, give me your first. Would you rather? Okay, I've got some some young hot dudes that haven't uh, so young. It's so yeah. hot. Oh yeah, man, that's that's my favorite. <laughs> so I've got uh, I've got Amir Abdullah, Isaiah Crowell, and Leonard Fournette. Who are you sitting? Who are you starting? I'm going to start in Crowell. My thought. I think he's more Good likely man. to get consistent touches. Uh, I think if I were doing this as PPR, I'm taking it as standard. I think it's much closer with Abdullah, um, and I don't trust Fournette yet. Down to Abdullah and Crowell. I think it's closer in PPR, but I'm going with Crowell. I just think he's more consistent touches. 100% agree with that. Crowell's been on my hype train all season, so that's like, again, not the world's biggest surprise to me. Um, But the Browns, their offensive line has been vastly improved, and with a rookie quarterback starting, you know they're going to rely on, at least I would presume, Hugh Jackson's going to rely on the running game, uh, especially against the Steelers' defense that was 25th in the league last year at surrendering points to running backs. So I am feeling pretty confident in Crowell having at least a, a high number of vol- a high volume uh, in Week 1. Well, let me tell you why you're both wrong. Oh, uh, shots fired! Yeah, Amir Abdullah is amazing. The only thing that has ever stopped Amir Abdullah is Amir Abdullah. He gets he gets hurt and so he doesn't play. But he is electric 
and the Lions suck. They do they they're they're not good. So they're gonna lean on him. They're gonna pass it to him. They're gonna run him. He's not Theo Riddick, so he can carry the ball and run up the middle at least enough to keep you honest. And he is so quick. He is just uncoverable. And Amir Abdul is the man. You got him in the fourth. You saved on him when you picked him, and that's what you you got to start him over the two guys that you had to take earlier. Abdul is the play this week. You had you had John when you said the Lions suck. <laughs> he was hundred hundred percent on board from that point on. <laughs> well, my brother went to um, he was went through his actuary school at Nebraska, and so he was doing that while I was going to law school. So I've been watching both these teams very very consistently. So I watched Amir Abdullah uh, through uh, Nebraska. There, he is great. I, I really like him, but yeah, he hasn't he hasn't been consistently good and on the field abdullah he's healthy now you gotta play him because you're not gonna have him all year just enjoy it while you can john what do you got for uh who's your first would you rather um the first one i wanted to do is is this one i'm looking at guys who are not starters they're not one on their depth charts right now and they still have some value though would you rather start uh one of duke johnson jr Jamal Charles. Uh, I'm going to say Duke. I think, don't ask me why, but I just kind of have this feeling like down, just tingling <laughs> out of my, down in my gut, just a small little one in my tummy where I think we're kind of forgetting what this guy, that he not only has a role in Cleveland's offense, but also is pretty dang good at that role. He was second on the team in carries last year and third in receptions. Um, and those other two, you said Joe Mixon and, and Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles, Honestly, in that list would be my second choice. Joe Mixon, I've become very cold on, especially, especially in in this week one. Don't give me that look. Don't just give me that look, mind. It's Don't so great. Okay, it's amazing that Clark is just losing it here. It's so He's great. Freaking out, Jamal Duke Charles. Johnson's <laughs> Duke Johnson's good, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rake you over the coals for that one. But Joe Mixon is. Out of these three guys, the most talented person. The only reason that he went in the second round is because he had some, you know, speaking of domestic violence, he had some issues off the field. We'll just gloss over that. But I know everyone's scared about Marvin Lewis saying that Jeremy Hill is going to be the starter. And I know Giovanni Bernard is really good, too. And so he's going to get all the passing work. But Joe Mixon's the man. I've committed to him. I, I got him in every league because I drafted him too early. He's just too good to be held back on that crappy Bengals. So this is, this is back. you just like hoping to talk his way into existence. You're like, for your yeah. own sake, you're like, oh, mm-hmm. please, I just need Joe Mixon to be alive. Right. If I put it out there, it will happen. It'll, it'll happen. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's my pick. The universe for it. Yeah. And the yeah. universe will give it. And the universe will oblige. So you guys get it. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Third on their depth chart right now, which is the re- reason that I started thinking on this question is I was like, that seems ridiculous, doesn't right. it? Right. And I wrote this and I wrote this out. I wrote this and I posted it. And I was thinking when I was writing the article, I just was like, oh, Joe Mixon's third on the depth chart. Like, don't worry, anyone. That totally makes sense. Like, he's a rookie. He was going to, that was naturally his landing spot anyways, unless he like blew up the preseason. And I included a poll at the end. and was like, you know, how worried are you? Are you that Joe Mixon is going to get stuck in the third RB spot? And my options were like, not at all, maybe a little. And yeah, I'm actually pretty worried. And a little, and actually, I'm get actually pretty worried. We're by far and away the two most voted answers. Fear, fear is a smelly. I thing. know we're scared, <laughs> but just calm down. Joe Mexon is the most talented person on in the backfield. He's oh man, I hate this with week one, but by week three, <laughs> I by week three for sure, it's clearly Joe Mixon. And I'm sorry, Jamal Charles, that I didn't pick you. I'm just yeah, I'm that's sorry. that's that's crushing after last week's episode. Jeez, I like I it. didn't. Pull here and try to set up like hey DeAndre Hopkins or somebody with a terrible quarterback who's or, or somebody else with some backup you, you don't fun, you didn't like set this or, would you rather to just everyone agreeing with you you stack it uh, uh DeAndre Hopkins or <laughs> Jeff Janice or Julian Edelman and Cameron Meredith who you start oh, oh my god you guys all take DeAndre Hopkins that's such a oh man I'm so glad you guys all agree with me that's so awesome give us Actually, your next two ones that you had, Pete, are, I thought were really cool. I thought they were good. So here we'll go to my we'll go to my second one. Uh, we'll say I have one with a, a who would you bench, but I'll save that for last. So instead, 
Would you rather bench Tom Brady in week one or would you rather start Jared Goff? I know. I, I like this question. I thought this was uh, a well done question at this point. Oh, um, yeah, because it, it, it's interesting because it doesn't just go with. I mean, I think most of the rest of our ones are like pick one of three or something like that. But you had to bench this one or start this one. I would rather I would rather start the eleventh QB in my league than start Jared Goff because I just <laughs> guys at the number eleven spot that you're going to be looking at that that could fall into a ten or eleven. I mean, like you got somebody down there who's being picked somewhere. Um, Kirk Cousins is being picked down there at the bottom of the first round right now. If you're picking somebody like Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff, Jared Goff, if you're going to bench Brady and start Stafford instead of Goff, yes, yes, you do that every time. And that's why I'm picking benching Brady. I don't bench Brady in the league. I have him. I am playing him. <laughs> okay. So maybe I misunderstood the question. And that's why I was, I have two sentences here for my response to this is. <laughs> Why are we getting so cute and thinking about starting Jared Goff over Tom Brady? <laughs> oh, okay. That wasn't the question. Pete, you're back in the circle of trust. Oh, thank God. Okay. It was Fine. horrible being out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know you I know you were worried. Uh, I mean, I, I know Jared Goff's matchup against the Colts is interesting. And if you're desperate on the waiver wire, you had Jameis and that was it. And you're looking at Jared Goff and he's out there. Okay, Fine. Uh, I know the Chiefs are good and that the Chiefs put a shellacking on the Pats the last time they played. Uh, but again, I feel like I didn't understand the question. And uh, well, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> For the record, I would say start Jared Goff because I like I like hanging onions and, and just let's do this. Let's be crazy and have Jared Goff put together the greatest week one performance of all time. The Rams are going to it up. I mean, they're, they're good to start this week. Just not against Timmy Brady. Yeah. Are they going to uh, let you live in yeah, Boston after that? Oh, they'll let me live. Okay. They'll let me live. Who projections have Matthew Stafford as the 11th quarterback? Uh, Prescott as 13. Tyra Taylor's 14th. Start every one of them over Jared Goff. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So, uh, Clark, give us, your, give us your second. Would you rather? All right. Let's see. So we had the hot young guys. Now I'm looking for something more old and established. I want to live out. wrinkles on those yeah. bodies. Exactly. I want someone with stability, someone that's proved it to me before. Uh, so for this one, we can do standard in PPR because it'll matter. Uh, we've got Danny Woodhead, Jonathan Stewart, and Frank Gore. Uh, Pete, who you starting? So I thought long and hard about this. Um, I was thinking Frank Gore because the Colts have no quarterback and they're going to, for the exact same reasons why I picked Crowell, because they have a rookie quarterback and they're going to rely on the running game. But then I remembered that they were playing the Rams and I'm not entirely sure that I want to trust the aging legs of Frank Gore against a pissed off Aaron Donald and that front seven. So instead I'm going to go with Danny Woodhead. Uh, I think Woodhead is bound to get plenty of touches because he's living in a weaponless world of Baltimore Ravens. Um, and I don't think of those three, Jonathan Stewart is the only one who's like going to be consistently sharing uh, touches and carries with someone else, right? Christian McCaffrey is going to cut into his, his workload and Cam Newton will from, from the get-go. Danny Woodhead has Terrence West, who people are trying to persuade is, trying to tell me is like a starting caliber running back. And I'm just, I'm not buying that. Uh, and Frank Gore is working with Marlon Mack behind him who could get some carries. I'm long story short, Danny Woodhead. I'm, I'm on the Clark bandwagon. I'm with you too on that one, actually. And don't forget Frank Gore also has Robert Turbin. That's true. Behind him too. Yeah. Well, uh, not interesting enough. Uh, what I did here, I wrote down uh, Woodhead, Stuart Gore, and then I underlined Woodhead and underneath that I wrote duh. I, I definitely go with Woodhead over the others. Even though I'm clearly on the Woodhead bandwagon, and I'm glad that you guys got this one. Are we worried about Ryan Mallett not being able to throw the ball 100 miles an hour? <laughs> I'm not, not worried about him at all. <laughs> or like wake up on time for practice, maybe. Any of those things. Yeah, that, that's what I'm worried about. I just want John to give Clark as much grief as he gave me for stacking my questions for DeAndre Hopkins as Clark did for stacking you with Danny Woodhead. Come on. I'm going to make you all admit how good I was at drafting this year. That's my plan for the show tonight. Uh, I think Frank Gore is actually more interesting than what he let on on this one. He's been instantly 
um, stable, at least. Like, he doesn't let you down. He doesn't give you nothing games. He gives you something, and he's always kind of in that mix there. It's just not as glamorous as he used to be when he was the leading rusher and all that. Right. But you, you just can't do this forever. So yeah. at some point, yeah. But of course, at some point, Woodhead maybe fractures like a porcelain doll, too. So who knows? Who are you starting? LeGarrett Blunt, Eddie Lacy, Marshawn Lynch. So I think this is, I think you got to go with Lynch here. Everybody's concern is that he's old and decrepit and will break down. Uh, I don't think he will. I think he's going to have a nice little season for the Raiders. The Raiders are going to score a lot of points. They brought him in. I mean, is a good football move, but also a great PR move. So as long as he can give you the Frank Gore falling over the goal line 10 times this year, he's a good pick and they're going to let him do it. LeGarrette Blunt is rushing for the Eagles and, I hate to put too much on the preseason, but it's all we've seen. And he did not look good. Eddie Lacy sharing the backfield with two or three other people that are better than him at playing running back. So uh, you got to go Marshawn here. The Raiders score. I don't think it was a fluke uh, that they put up a bunch of points last year. Maybe a bit of a fluke that they won 12 games, but they're going to score. Derek Carr is good. They've got a lot of weapons. I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to put Crabtree on the right and uh, Amari Cooper on the left. Defenses are going to have to account for that. I don't think it's going to be too tough for that offensive line to open up a hole to get Marshawn Lynch one yard two or three times a game. So I think Lynch is the start here. I totally agree with that. I think clearly, we and Clark, you mentioned this in the preseason, Doug Peterson showed that he just did not know how to use LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, LeGarrette Blunt is a 230-pound battering ram, not a guy who you run zone runs from sideline to sideline. I don't know what what Doug Peterson thought he was getting when he signed the Garrett Blunt, but that is not how you use him. Uh, and I don't trust Eddie Lacy until I see with my own two eyes that he has any resemblance uh, to his rookie self. So I'm 100% going Lynch. Yeah, the guard is the boundary for right. Blunt. You run yes. him in between the guards, yes. and he's good at that. He's, he's good great. at that. I'm not dogging on Blunt. No, but he's, he's great not, at that. But in the preseason, he was running all these kinds of zone stretch reads, and I was like, what is this? Yeah. You want to hear an interesting statistical fact about the people on this list. Eddie Lacy now goes to Seattle. They are 32nd spending 15 million. It's 9.3% of their cap. Oh, the um, oh. Oakland Raiders are spending 26.6% of their cap on their offensive line. I'm thinking that every day. Yeah, I think the offensive line is probably what wins this down for me. I think if Eddie Lacy were going into Oakland, it would be a little different story. And uh, I guess Lynch has already been in Seattle, but he's the kind of guy who could do it this week. It might be interesting just if they're saying Rawls is hurt and probably won't go. Mm. And if that's true, then yeah, Lacey's going to be far more interesting because if he can get 20 carries, he's a hundred yard rusher. It, it was, as I thought they were an interesting group because they're getting ranked very close to each other in a lot of places too. No, I think they're, it's an awesome kind of cluster of three because I do think that, people and this is in my own mind i've done this too where i've like dogged myself on marshawn and then when you pair him with like lacy and blunt who like that's where they kind of have fallen in rankings you know it's like no clearly marshawn is the right choice here clearly of all these three he's got the best situation and is in the best and arguably the best running back even after a year of retirement and don't you just want it to be marshawn lynch like i mean I He's just the, want it to be Marshawn. Lynch. I still feel bad for Eddie Lacy because he got so underused last year before he got hurt. I feel bad for him in a little way, but I don't know. That's right. I don't pull as much for Lynch as some other people. I just that's fair. Glad I have none. Uh, let's go with my final. Would you rather? Uh, and this one in in pre podcast discussions, uh, Clark. We might have not been on the same page with this question, but my question is, would you rather bench Julio Jones, AJ Green, or Jordy Nelson? And now my thought is not that you have all three of these guys on your team and you got to pick one of them to bench because if you had all three on your team, then I want to know what league you're in and whether or not you're playing with three other people. Um, It was more so in the fact that a better understanding of which of these three guys do you think is probably going to have the weakest why, uh, week one, and you'd be okay with maybe excluding from your starting lineup. Though really, you never would. But hypothetically, that's that's how I would phrase the question. Well, I think with this one, the worst matchup is my favorite receiver with Jordy Nelson. Uh, Richard Sherman has his problems in coverage, but he's 
he's good at guarding the type of receiver that Jordy Nelson is. Everybody says he's slow, but he seems to end up behind everybody all the time. So I don't know if I buy that. But uh, last year, they Seahawks and the Packers played, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Jordy only got, a, what, four catches and 34 yards, but I think he got two touchdowns uh, on that. So that's why it's tough to to bench a guy that can get you a couple of touchdowns in that Packers offense. There's just so much scoring to go around. Uh, but if one of these three guys between Julio, AJ and Jordy is going to get shut down, I think the Packers have enough weapons to go somewhere else with the ball. And Jordy may not have the best week. Yeah, I think uh, it's not going to be Julio, especially this week. Yeah. I picked AJ green. Uh, not that Baltimore's as is, is phenomenal on that, but Jordy hit over the last several years has seemed well not the year he was out the entire year, but he's been more proof than than people give him credit for. Um and Jordy finds his way to be there on, on key plays and if they want to, they can just move him to the other side of the field because of the way Seattle plays. Um yeah, that's a tough one. Jordy's you know, you you do worry about that matchup. Um Yep. Clark, give us your yeah, final. Sorry, that, that was yeah. My last one is uh, we teased this earlier in the podcast. So if you have Jameis, or if you were really rolling the dice with smoking Jay Cutler, uh, you're going to need a quarterback for Week One here. We've got Sam Bradford, Alex Smith, and Brian Hoyer all are owned in fewer than twenty percent of Yahoo leagues. Who are you starting? Uh, I, I came down. You know, and I'll say this just to show that I'm not being completely biased. I put Bradford and Smith above Hoyer because I think that both of them are more likely to do something with it. They're both accurate, at least in the way that they're being used. Um, Bradford does not throw downfield almost ever, but he's very consistent in the things they need him to do, which is throw it five yards downfield or behind line scrimmage and whatnot. But I'm going to give it to Smith, partially just because I think the Vikings are going to be rededicating themselves more to running the ball this year, uh, as opposed to throwing it. I don't. I think being a defensive-minded guy, Zimmer wants to run. He doesn't like the idea that he could have to put his defense out there in bad situations. He's trying to control it and make sure his defense can go out there and keep themselves in games. And and that's a good defense. It's a decent strategy, but I think that Alex Smith is going to be involved in that a lot more. And I think he's more likely to get you rushing yards. I think he's going to be more consistent in being able to provide you with at least an average sort of passing game. And then something extra there at the end, Bradford in, in week one might be more interesting just because he's playing the saints and he's going to have to throw probably. Yeah. That was exactly my reasoning for, I, and I mentioned Bradford on my waiver wire ads. Um, and my basic, I wrote more, but basically my, the general just was because he's facing the saints and the saints defense sucks. So there you go. There's your winning insight. I, I like all three of these guys. If you're desperate, uh, Bradford threw short a lot last year and I know everybody knocks him uh, what 71% completion percentage or something like that. Hey man, best in NFL history. Right. And you know, yeah, he threw it also the shortest, distance in NFL history, but I mean, all you can do is make the plays that are in front of you and he made them. Uh, and, and I know it's been fun to bag on Sam Bradford for getting all that money and getting hurt, but he, he's not that bad. Uh, so if the Vikings can turn it around, especially against a team like the saints where they're going to have to score, I don't think they're going to rush for 300 yards. And I don't think drew Brees is going to just because he traveled North do poorly in a dome, by the way, uh, sure. I, I think he's going to be fine. I think Alex Smith is going to run. I think he hears the footsteps behind him, at least in the preseason. It looked like he was cutting it loose and throwing deep a little bit more than he used to in the past. So we may see a little bit more out of Alex Smith. I mean, if the message has been delivered, we are not trying to go 10 and six and get into the playoffs. We are trying to win. I think Alex Smith can rip it. He's talented. And I love Brian Hoyer. The guy's what, like five, four. He's made a living out of just <laughs> chucking it. You know, he's, I don't want to besmirch Doug Flutie's name by mentioning these two in the same sentence, but if there's a guy out there who's just smart and who throws deep, but then also kills you with interceptions at some point, Brian Hoyer's that guy. I mean, the year DeAndre Hopkins just totally went off was with Brian Hoyer. Most of his games were good. Now don't watch the playoffs because that will corrupt your reputation but like so i like all these guys if you're stuck and only one of these guys is available you're i think you're fine starting any of these guys week one my only worry with alex smith is just facing a pretty talented patriots secondary 
All right. John, let's hear your final would you rather. Oh, and this one I'm going with guys who are you know, air quotes starters, but are clearly in kind of mixed backfields. Would you rather, uh, and I, mine are more kind of long haul rather than just a single week. Uh, would you rather start CJ Anderson or James White? Now, I like CJ Anderson, uh, but recently I have kind of talked to myself into James White uh, for two reasons. I guess it's really one logo reason. On the helmet. No. The logo, exactly. One, he's a Patriots <laughs> player. Uh, I think he's going to, I think he has the best chance to fill the role that Edelman has in the Patriots offense, which is a shifty receiver uh, who can take advantages of mismatches. I can't pick two. I mean, I pick. I put White slightly above Anderson, but I do like both. I did find this interesting in doing some research on stuff. James White, I think, now is the leading returning player in terms of targets from last year and the only Patriot who had more than 48 targets last season. There you go. My <laughs> argument has been made. If I have to start someone at C.J. Anderson, I mean, he's yeah the best running back in this group. Uh, Terrence was is okay, but also Danny Woodhead truther. Uh, so don't need to worry about Terrence West. I think CJ Anderson is the man until he gets hurt. And once he gets hurt, you got to find something else. It's Jamal Charles. <laughs> That's right. That's my boy. Jamal Charles. Oh. All right. Yeah. I think I'd probably lean Anderson. Um, I have a general rule of thumb that I don't allow myself to pick more than one Badger or Packer <laughs> on any fantasy team I have. Cause I don't want them to be fan teams. So right. I always, my uh, my own fan teams because I'm afraid my own fandom gets involved. Excellent. All right. Yeah. What a successful round of Would You Rather. Let's <laughs> do we want to does anyone have some quick uh DFS chitty chat that we want to do? We mentioned that at the top of the show. I uh, doing the research and I'll have um uh, I, I write the weekly uh DraftKings article regarding kind of value plays. So Bilal Powell is only uh the twenty-sixth running back on their list. And I think he's going to be a big lead back, and that could be interesting. So he's somebody you could pick up to try to save some space to get other people. Uh, we just talked about Marshawn Lynch and his abilities here. He's going 21st right now. He's uh, 5,300 and playing in Tennessee, and which should probably be a bit of a shootout. And if he can, can at least vulture one touchdown into that, yeah, uh, he could be very interesting. Um, there's, you know, like right now, the top one in, in DraftKings is Antonio Brown going at. Uh, $8,800 playing against Cleveland. Uh, someone like Pierre Garçon is at 30th wide receiver in DraftKings right now in terms of those points. He's going to play Carolina. Uh, and I think that, obviously, he knows his head coach. He knows Hoyer's number one. Hoyer's number one, baby. And so he's, yeah. he's, I mean, and, and what he's going to do against him is he's going to be that guy who finds a place in, this, in, in zones. He finds his place against man. He gets open and catches the ball. I really like Pierre Garçon. Uh, he's one of those other uh, loves of, of my fantasy life that I keep going back to Pierre Garçon because he's he's stable. He does a lot of good things. Um, in terms of some of this too, Pryor, who I know, uh, Pete, you're you're very high on. He's 16th right now. That's yeah, crazy. he's 16th right now. He's going for uh, $6,100 on DraftKings, playing Philadelphia at home. So that one could be interesting. Uh, one of my deep picks here, a quarterback, uh, Carson Palmer playing in Detroit. I love that. I think both teams are going to throw the ball. He is going for $6,000 right now. He is the 16th quarterback in DraftKings right now. He is $1,600 cheaper than Tom Brady against Kansas City on Thursday night. And he's going to be playing the Lions defense, and they're going to throw the ball. So, Yeah, I would start Palmer with like pretty high level of confidence in any lineup. You start Palmer, and if you're doing GPP, this isn't cash, but if you're going for that big win in tournaments – you fade Fitzgerald, and then you start my boy John Brown at 4,800. You get off cheap. Right. You get your good QB and wide receiver stack. You got to enjoy John Brown while he lasts. You never know when the single cell is going to come up or he's going to pull a hammy. Uh, so I, I love John Brown at 4,800 this week. Yeah, he's the 44th receiver in DraftKings right now at 4,800. And, and yeah, that Dallas, that Detroit bat, pardon me, the Detroit matchup is good. Yeah, I mean, and another another matchup in the Detroit game is Marvin Jones, who's 4,100. Uh, I know that he 
teased us last year going big and then fading, but I, I, I just think he's more talented than what we saw last year. And I, I expect there to be a lot of points scored in this Arizona Detroit matchup because neither defense is great. I know we're excited about Tyron Matthew coming back and Patrick Peterson is great. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think both teams are going to be able to move the ball and I think both teams are going to score. Uh, so having both of these receivers in a, in a lineup gets you a, a couple of really good options, really cheap and lets you spend up at other spots. Yep. I like it. I like it. Uh, and before we wrap up, does anyone have a Thursday night prediction? The very first game of the NFL season. Do you guys have a prediction? Clark, let's start with you. Uh, Deion Lewis leads all <laughs> Patriots running backs in yardage and receptions. Uh, I think we're breaking 100 yards receiving here in game one. That's a, some insight right there. John, what do you got? Oh, I was just going to go with the game. I think the Patriots have this. I don't think there's any. They've done this since 2004 with the Super Bowl champion playing the home game here. Uh, other than the one year where the Super Bowl champion had to leave because they couldn't negotiate a parking lot. Uh, I don't think there's any option here. And I feel bad for my my sister-in-law, Emily Barnett. But uh, her team is is just, they're done. I think they're going to lose this game. Yeah, baby. Patriots are going to start off with a bang and a big old middle finger to Roger Goodell. Uh, because we're still bitter. Don't worry. Boston fans hold on to grudges forever. Uh, I'm thinking the win. I'm thinking 30 to 17. I'm putting, I'm putting the actual numbers out Uh, and spoiler alert. There will be plenty of cheers and heckling at Goodell's expense and chiefs fans will start quietly whispering Pat Mahomes, name to each other before the night is over. I like it. They're they're more, more in it for the long run in Kansas city. I'm thinking 24, 13 so is what I was going to say. 24, 13. All right. So who gets more? We had our, we have our top two tight ends in fantasy matching up in the only game, not on the week one slate. Thanks God. I know. Seriously. Who do you got? Who you got? You got Kelsey or Gronk and PPR more points this week. Gronk. I have Gronk because I think Kelsey's going to be that one thing. We always talk about Patriots stop one thing. I think the one thing they're going to go after is Kelsey and they're going to make Kansas City have to run it. Yep. It's it's clean sweep. I love Kelsey, but I love Gronk more. So there it is. The beast. (laughs) Until he again breaks like porcelain. Right. Until he falls apart. Hold on, John. I drafted Gronk in all of my leagues. He's going to be fine. Trust me. All right. Knock on wood. Right. I put it out there. It's going to happen. That's how this works. That's how it works. The universe is listening because we all know the universe listens to this podcast and you should be too. So make sure to go to iTunes, subscribe, rate us, give us five stars because you know, we're fantastic and the universe listens to us as we've all found out today. Uh, And make sure to follow us on Twitter at RB one podcast. Follow myself at Pete M Rogers. Follow John at J barn 54 Clark at NFL Clark uh, and football's back. People, Finally, we can talk about actual games and actual stuff, and we can talk about football. So until next week, everyone. Adios. Adios.